tonight on Huckabee. Tennessee Congressman David Kustoff, the clean comedy of Lee Harden, home chef Abby Turner, music from the 70s R&B band Radio. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. Welcome, everybody, and we have a great studio audience here tonight. So grateful for them and for you. And I got great news for those of you who want to take your kids trick-or-treating or attend a Halloween carnival at your kid's school. Dr. Fauci said it'll be okay to have Halloween this year. I, uh, I really hate to burst his bubble but I honestly don't need Dr. Fauci's permission to have Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, or for that matter, I don't need his permission for going to church or a football game. You know, when, when this whole pandemic started and President Trump was doing daily press conferences and answering hours of questions, I thought Dr. Fauci was an expert and we ought to listen to him. But as time moved on, I noticed that he changed his mind about as often as a baby changes a diaper and for pretty much for being filled with the same stuff. I mean, remember when he adamantly told us not to wear a mask? It would be useless to protect us against the virus. And in fact, it would be dangerous for anyone but medical people to use a mask because we'd be touching the mask and our faces and it would be bad to wear a mask. Then a few months later, the same Dr. Fauci told us we had to wear a mask. And later, he said we ought to wear two or even three masks. He told us if we shut everything down for two weeks, we'd flatten the curve. Hey, we're going on two years and all we've done is flatten the economy and destroyed a whole lot of small businesses. And then he told us it wouldn't be safe to go to church if there were more than 10 people there. Folks, a church with less than 10 people is probably a dead church anyway. <laughs> but while church or a small mom and pop store was too dangerous to keep open, because if we went there, we would die. Yet it was fine to go to Walmart or a big supermarket and be wall to wall with thousands of strangers. We'd be okay there. Fauci said sporting events and open air stadiums were too dangerous. But he never said that Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots where people crowded together to burn government buildings and police cars was a problem at all. He told us not to even think about having Thanksgiving with our families last year. Early on, he told us to wash all the vegetables, the fruits, and the canned goods coming into our homes. By summer, he said, never mind. You can't catch COVID by touching stuff. I mean, the more this thing has gone on, the more I think Dr. Fauci enjoys being on TV and telling people what to do. And if he changes the science says, then he gets to go on TV again and tell us that the science has changed. I wonder if he really wants to control the very real threat, and it is real, the real threat of COVID. 
or if He just wants to control us. And if we're supposed to follow the science, but the science seems to always keep changing and zigzagging all over the landscape, how do you follow it? And if science is so unsure that it changes every few weeks, what does that say about the so-called science of climate change? Now, when I was in college, we were told that we would be having a coming ice age in 10 years. 10 years later, eh, that didn't happen, but we were told the ozone layer was disappearing and we were going to get toasted in the next 10 years. That didn't happen. So in 10 years after that, global warming was going to melt all the glaciers and we'd be drowned by flooding in, of course, 10 years. 10 years later, it's just climate change brought on by the flatulence of cows having cars and going places in airplanes. Now, if science is that uncertain, following it seems like following a five-year-old around in the toy store. Look, I do believe in science, real science, but I also believe the Bible. And folks, this world isn't going to end until God is done with it. And in the meantime, I'll be really happy be happy to listen to the scientists, but I want them to listen to me over this. We're going to have Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, whether they say it's okay or not, because it's still America, and unelected bureaucrats, even smart ones, don't get to order us how to live. The American economy is facing some of its biggest challenges in years as the price of just about everything has gone up and your dollar buys a whole lot less. Congressman David Kustoff of Memphis is a member of Congress. He's on the House Financial Services Committee. He says President Joe Biden owns this mess and his proposed $3.5 trillion spending spree is only going to make matters worse. And it will also hurt hardworking Americans. Would you please welcome to the show Congressman for the great state of Tennessee, David Kustoff. We are seeing some crazy stuff right now with the economy, uh, and the White House has sort of made light of it with the chief of staff saying that it's really only hurting the high end of the American public. I have a hard time believing that's true. You know, Governor, you're exactly right. And, and that shows truly how out of touch uh, some of those people are in Washington, the, the Democratic hierarchy. And that really concerns me because when I talk to my constituents who, I mean, I've got all types of constituents, they're all concerned about the high price that they're paying for everything whether it's gasoline, whether it's food, you name it, and it keeps going up. And a big part of the problem is the spending in Washington. I think we all realize yeah. that. You just talked about $3.5 trillion. Well, back in March, Joe Biden pushed through, strictly on, on a party-line basis, $1.9 trillion in spending. Mm. The government can't keep printing money, but when it does, it continues to add to these inflationary pressures. And we're going to continue to pay more and more for these goods and services. What's in that $3.5 trillion bill that has nothing to do with infrastructure? I mean, some people have started pointing out, as they've read it, which I'm convinced a lot of people haven't, but there's some weird stuff in there. 
There is, Governor. And, and you know, you think about, first of all, when we talk about these numbers, you were, you were a governor of Arkansas, big numbers. It's hard to wrap, even though I've been around it, three and a half trillion dollars. It's just yeah. an incredible amount of money. But what you're talking about, what we're talking about, is new cradle-to-grave benefits that if these government benefits are started, we'll never get rid of them. We'll never get rid of them. And what are some of those benefits? What are some of the things that baked into this thing? So they talk about free childcare, free daycare that's, that's paid for, the continuation of these child tax payments that started earlier this year that they want to make permanent, which also gives, in my opinion, a disincentive for people to want to go to work. You know, I talk to my, my business owners in my district. They say, you know, business is good, but we can't get people to show up for work. And part of the reason is, are these new government benefits that started over the last few months. Free community college. So it spans the board, but when you, when you add all that up, uh, M- Medicare benefits for, uh, for dental services, uh, it's a tremendous amount of money. And again, if we, if we start paying those benefits, if it passes, uh, it'll be here forever. Somebody has made the observation, we got all these cargo ships parked offshore on the West Coast, that if we were manufacturing stuff in America, we wouldn't need the cargo ships. It would already be in the country. How do we get back to making things in America rather than depending upon the Chinese to make our stuff? You know, I think that President Trump had it exactly right. And, and that was, his goal was to bring manufacturing back to the United States. So he pushed through the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017 to encourage businesses to bring business to the United States, manufacturing to the United States. And we started to see that because he lowered rates, not only for individuals, but but for businesses. Now, when Joe Biden talks about uh, $3.5 trillion, he's got to pay for it somehow, which means... Well, he says it won't cost anything because it'll all be paid for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that math. I really don't. You know, when I see him say that and Jen Psaki look in the camera and say that, you really believe, you really have a hard time believing whether they even believe it. I mean, they have to know that that's not the, that's not the case. But if we, if we continue to raise taxes on, on people and on businesses, there's no incentive to, to locate here. The corporate tax rate in China is 25%. President Trump lowered the rate from 35% to 21%. Joe Biden wants to take it to 26, 27, 28%. Why would anybody want to manufacture in the U.S. when you could do it cheaper in, in other countries? So we've got to give the incentive. Next year is a big election. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that if these uh, trends continue to go, uh, the Democrats will lose the House and possibly the Senate. Preview for us. If that were to happen, because a lot of people are cynical about the Republicans as much as they are the Democrats. They say, you guys aren't going to do anything different anyway. What changes if Republicans get the House and the Senate? What would be different? Well, I think the basic thing is we stop a lot of this crazy stuff. I mean, for the last seven or eight months, I think back to when Joe Biden was sworn in, we all watched his inauguration speech. He talked about bipartisanship and unity. We've seen none of that. Uh, The $1.9 trillion spending plan done with all Democrats and no Republicans. The first thing that we can do is stop the spigot. I mean, we're at $28 plus trillion dollars in debt. 
we've got to stop the wild spending. And if you're right, and I think you are, Governor, that the Republicans will get the House back and probably the Senate, we stop that spending. We stop it cold. And we change, we change policy. We force Biden to come to the table rather than dictate. You know, you're one of my favorite congressmen. I love the fact that you know why you went there, and you sure didn't have to. You had a wonderful career before you went to Congress. We need more folks who are willing to make the sacrifice to do it. Congressman Kustoff, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, Governor. Appreciate you. Now, if you want to keep up with Congressman Kustoff and follow him on social media, do it at Rep. David Kustoff. Also, sign up for his newsletter at kustoff.house.gov. Keith Bilbrey, why don't you tell us about the great show that we have lined up tonight, and it is a great show. Well, coming up, Abby Turner's Pumpkin Chili. Later, news with a twist on In Case You Missed It. You're watching Huckabee. Huckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back. Now, when my producer said we booked a food blogger and she's from Arkansas, I said, hey, I am in. But she's much more than just a great cook. She's also a very popular food blogger, a speaker, She's also author of the new book called The Living Table. It's filled with great recipes and devotionals about sharing faith as we gather at our tables. Would you please welcome to the show, who is also, by the way, a graduate of the greatest university in the whole country, Washita <laughs> Baptist University, my alma mater. Welcome, Abby Turner. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. You know you got to be good. You're from Washita. I graduated from all right. I want us to get into, first of all, you don't just do cooking. Your whole approach is to try to encourage families to sit at the table, to eat together. And it's not so much about the intricacy of the recipe, but rather the intimacy of conversation. That's right. I really think that, you know, scripture tells us that when we come to the table, that that's where connection is formed. And so why would we eat around uh, a TV or sit at a bar and eat, sit at the table where mm. we're face to face, we open up, that's where true connection comes. And so it's not so much about how long you spend in the kitchen. It's not about the preparation. It needs to be about the people. And that's what I really tried to focus on in the living table is all these like 30 minute recipes, five ingredients or less, yeah. real quick tips. And so you brought something here tonight. What have you made for I, us? I did. I made some chili because it's National Chili Month. I don't know if you knew that. And because pumpkin is so popular, I thought that we'd go ahead and try some pumpkin in it. Pumpkin chili. Yeah, pumpkin chili is what Okay, we let's give that a try. <laughs> yeah, okay. Never heard of that so before. We All started right. by sauteing some red and green bell peppers, some carrots and some onions. Okay. Your basic veggies for any chili, right? All right. We're going to do some turkey sausage. Now, I hear that... You do a different type of sausage in your chili. I use the deer meat that I get when I go deer hunting because I really believe in it. It's a great protein. But we'll use your 
turkey, turkey sausage. sausage. That's right. So I'm going to have you put the seasoning in there and just mix it all, all up. Of in this, all of it. Okay. It is cinnamon, cumin, cinnamon? pumpkin pie spice. Cinnamon oh, in my cinnamon. chili. That's right. Are you kidding oh, me? It's going to be so good. You got to okay. trust me. So after you mix that up, you're going to just dump it in your Dutch oven over there. That's okay. a big pot. Next it smells that. good. I will say <laughs> it that. Smells good, right? But it doesn't smell like chili. It smells like a <laughs> cupcake. Well, so. why don't you dump that in your Dutch oven? All right. We'll there add we some kidney beans and some pinto beans because you got to have that, right? Yep. Got to have those. All right. There's dump the those beans. In. Switch and with you. Pinto. Yep. We're going to mm -hmm. add some chicken stock and then mix that all up. Chicken broth. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to just mix it all up. I'll switch with you. Bet Take I am. that. And then we right. are going to add canned pum. Are you ready for this? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really <laughs> anxious. Like, okay, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> if it was on the menu at a restaurant, probably not what I would order. So convince me. Okay, okay. Come on, so Abby, show me what you got. I'm gonna, you're going to keep stirring. I'm okay. going to add one can of pumpkin in there. You're going to stir that up. Let mm -hmm. it sit for oh, 20, 30 minutes. Let it really, all of those ingredients just melt together, those flavors mm. that you're, you're, you're smelling right I now. I see the audience. Good, right? They're salivating out there for pumpkin You know what? Chili. I actually think they're thinking, is this girl crazy? I don't know. We're going to find out. pumpkin to a chili. I mean... Hey, this is going to win any chili cook-off you have. So go ahead there and take go. it home and just claim it as your own. Did they teach you this at Washita, <laughs> by the way? I'm just curious because I never had pumpkin chili in the cafeteria. I'll okay, tell you so that. Okay, so after this sits for a couple of minutes, okay. 20 or 30, we're going to fast forward, do some movie magic. It's hot and ready for you over there. And you can top it with cheese, sour cream, mm. green onions. What is your choice? Okay. We, we always some, put cheese always in everything. Always put cheese. Well, I'm going to top mine with put a little cheese. bit of sour cream. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, there's onions. one ingredient I didn't tell you that's this in this. Keep, and it's keep away from me. chili powder. I love Ooh. some good chipotle chili powder. Yeah. And it, in a chili, it's really good because you put sour cream on top of it and it just offsets, it bounces yeah, it really nicely. Yeah, I can't imagine having chili without chili powder, right? Right. So. Well, chipotle chili powder. It's oh, okay, a special kind. It's a special kind. I stir all this up. Stir it all up. And I'm going to oh, give it I a shot. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm okay, I'm going to try it. I can't wait. You're going to love it. You're just you going to so? love it. Absolutely. Drum roll, please. And you love it, right? This is actually good. Abby, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I was not expecting to like this. I really wasn't. I said... I'm going to pretend that I like it, but I'm not going to like pumpkin chili. It tastes good. It's good, right? Okay, so here's mm. the thing. You put some, sometimes you can put different vegetables, squash and things like that in your chili. And so now we just did pumpkin. It's not mm. usually the squash of choice. Is this recipe in your book? It's not in my book. It's over on a tabletopaffair.com where all of the recipes are. But there is a pumpkin recipe in there, pumpkin hummus. And it uses that chipotle You keep talking while I eat. Okay, this I'll just good. keep going. <laughs> Mm. I'm glad you like it. Trey, you... I'm so sorry you and Keith aren't having any of this because I really like sorry. it. I'm sorry. That's me. No. Hmm. Oh, and you sorry. know what? It has carrots in it. I still like it. Oh, well, mm. I'm glad because you got to put carrots in your chili. You know, that is better than I ever imagined. It's really good. I would right. order that at a restaurant. Abby, I want to tell people they need to get your recipes and your book. And if you want to get all of those things from Abby Turner... 
plus her blog and social media links, and to order her terrific new book, Living Table, about just having dinner with your family and learning to talk again. Go to her website. It's called atabletopaffair.com. You can even download the first three chapters of The Living Table for free. I have a feeling when you do that, you'll buy the book. That's kind of like a free appetizer. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us what else is on our menu for tonight. Well, we have an order of mics in case you missed it. And Pop Funk Vocal Group Radio. More Huckabee is on the way. They always absolutely knock the top off the theater every week. Give a hand to Trey Corley of the Music City Connection. From the art of the steel to the world's largest Mexican dish, we've got the news guaranteed to fill you up on In Case You Missed It. The Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Denmark loaned artist Jens Hanning $85,000 to recreate two of his most famous artworks. They were framed cash intended to represent the average annual salaries of Denmark and Austria. But Hanning decided to do something even more creative. He kept the money and he sent back two empty frames. <laughs> Sounds like a con artist. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> The museum director said they hope he'll return the money. But Hanning replied, of course I will not pay it back because his artwork is that he took the money and won't pay it back. There you go. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like some art we just got from Keith last week. Yeah. Hmm. Hanning says it's a conceptual artwork called Take the Money and Run. Yep, I like that. Hey, this may be the first modern artwork that actually looks like what it's called. But frankly, I don't think this is a particularly original idea. Modern artists have been pulling this kind of stunt for decades, just sending bananas or toilets as their art instead of empty picture frames. Hmm. Hmm. No, I was just sitting here thinking, my grandson is great at bathroom art. You think we could make any money off that? Uh, you know, I'm not sure we could, but uh, we'll let him give it a try. Hey, give look, try. Uh, if it's by Hunter Biden, no one will know the difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and if it's his art, you may get to meet some foreign leaders while you're at it at the same time. Yeah, there you, you go. go. Next, in Turkey, there was a man. His name was Behan Mutlu. And he was partying with some friends when he wandered off into the woods. And his friends reported him missing. Volunteers formed a search party and went into the woods. Mutlu, who evidently loves any kind of party, saw the search party and he joined in. After a while, he got confused <laughs> when the other people started calling out his name. And he said, hey, who are we looking for? And they said, Behan Mutlu. And he said, well, I'm right here. <laughs> Upon realizing he had joined his own search party, police gave him a ride home. Yeah, I bet they did. Yeah. Hey, but Keith, he's not out of the woods yet. No, nope. don't worry though. I'm sure he'll be able to quit drinking once he finds himself. <laughs> there you go. Mm. 
Teenager Tatum Pardon of London got tired of her sister pilfering her snacks from the fridge. So Tatum is a sculpture student. So she put her talents to use to break her sister of the habit. She started crafting deceptively delicious looking snacks made out of yucky foods. Ooh. Yeah. You see that chocolate covered strawberry? Oh yeah. Well, inside is a Brussels sprout. Ugh. Ooh. Don't be giving Trey any ideas here. But she also made a hot chili look like a cookie, and she turned a raw onion ring into a dead ringer for a donut. Wow. That one, she had to move really fast to grab that one out of her dad's hand. Uh-huh. Because that donut bites back. Yep. <laughs> it takes Tatum a full day to craft one of her repulsive replicas. But they've worked. So if you have the same problem with your family, but not the same time or talent, Real simple, try a hypodermic needle, fill it with habanero sauce, and inject it into someone's favorite snack. You're, you're giving bad ideas here. Ooh. Uh, there'll be people doing it for sure. <laughs> Finally, if that's got you in the mood for some Mexican food, might I suggest Mateo's Mexican restaurant in Arizona. Now, talking about big portions, they're hoping to establish a new Guinness World Record. So they made a chimichanga that was 25 feet, seven inches long. That is a chimichimichimichimichanga, right? <laughs> but the Guinness judges gave it a chilly reception because they're still chewing over whether that makes it into the record book. This being Arizona, of course, they'll need a full audit of the vote of the Guinness people. Wow. Um, <laughs> the giant chimichanga contained dozens of tortillas, 500 pounds of shredded chicken, gallons of salsa, and 250 pounds each of rice and refried beans. Wow. You know, I think this could set a new record for natural gas production. I really <laughs> I mean, oh. if you eat this, you're going to need the world's biggest Rolade, right? Yeah. Whole yeah. toilet. <laughs> and with that, we gotta go. And so do those folks who ate that chimichanga, that's for sure. <laughs> but until next time, always remember, we read the news. Next, Arkansas Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin and later stand-up comedian Lee Hart Moore Huckabee is on the way. Our world is full of desperate people whose cries for help often fall on deaf ears. But because of caring people just like you, Samaritan's Purse is able to be there to extend the loving help and the hope of Christ to the darkest and most desolate locations. I hope you'll visit the Samaritan's Purse website or call them today and consider giving a financial gift that'll help bring the hope of Christ to a desperate world. You really can make a difference today. I hope you'll do it. My wife just got back two weeks in South Louisiana as a volunteer with Samaritan's Purse. That may be something you would also consider doing. I hope you will. Give generously. People need it. Thank you, and God bless. Well, thousands of active duty military service members could soon be cut out of a job if they don't get vaccinated. My next guest serves in the U.S. Army Reserve. He's a lawyer. He's also the current Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas, my home state. And he says that COVID vaccine mandates in the military or the private sector are just plain un-American and another example 
of federal overreach by the Biden administration. Joining us here tonight, would you please give a warm welcome to a good friend and a great lieutenant governor who's going to be the next attorney general of Arkansas, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin. <laughs> governor, good to have you here. Thank you. I got so many things I want to talk about with you because you have such background that, that makes you the perfect guest. But let's start in the military. There is talk that if uh, military members, people who have put their lives on the line for this country, don't get a vaccine, they will be not just discharged, but dishonorably discharged. Well, I think the, the broader issue is what's happening uh, with the, the Biden administration and talk of using executive orders to somehow force private businesses to require their employees to do it. That's where even if, even if in some instances, the courts allow that sort of thing, for example, if Congress passed a law, it's still, I, don't, I think it's counterproductive. Yeah. For, I think what the Biden administration, and, and our governor in Arkansas has said this, uh, that's not the way to convince people uh, to consider yeah. getting the vaccine by saying that you're going to do it through an executive order. I think it's counterproductive. You know, I'm an old geezer. I got the vaccine because I felt like it was a better option for me than not getting and getting COVID like many of my friends have had, some of whom are not with us anymore. Right. So, you know, it, it wasn't anything the government suggested or did. It was listening to my doctor, medical experts, and just saying, for me, it was a better choice. But if I were 18 years old and in perfect health, maybe I'd have a different decision about it. But it, I think you're right that it's in the private sector when people start ordering a business owner to tell his employees what they have to do and all the public before they can even go into that business, that's, that's pretty troubling. Yeah, what, what bothers me the most is when government is interfering, when government, when there are government mandates, particularly by executive order. And look, these are going to be challenged. Uh, the, the Biden executive orders are certainly going to be challenged in court. Even if uh, they pass legal muster, again, I just don't think that's the best way to convince people uh, when you're talking about the federal government reaching down into the states, the local level, and, and doing that through some uh, executive order that didn't even pass through elected representatives. There's something that I'm very, very impressed that you're doing. It's not part of your job description. You don't have to do it as being lieutenant governor, but you're doing it, and that's working with a faith-based program to go into the prisons of Arkansas and help inmates come to know the Lord and in doing so, you've discovered that there is a remarkable turn of those who end up coming back to prison versus those who got. Why did you get involved? What's the significance of this faith-based program? Sure. Well, I'm glad you asked about this. So this is a this is a nonprofit in Arkansas, and there are some that have that are similar in other states. <clears throat> the the nonprofit takes no government funds, hmm. and so it's pathway to freedom. And what Pathway to Freedom does is, is we rent. They rent a part of a prison, Wrightsville Prison in Arkansas. And it's a voluntary program because it is Christ-based, faith-based. And it is available to prisoners who will be getting out in their last two years. And the purpose is to help those prisoners prepare for living back in society. And what we have seen is there's a 54% recidivism rate for prisoners who don't go through this sort of program. So what that means is people get out, 
and 54% of them go right back to prison, yeah. right? If the, the people that go through Pathway to Freedom, 23% recidivism rate. So cut it over half. Yeah. And, I, and, and so, you know, I'm a conservative, you're a conservative. I talk to a lot of people and they say, why should I care? Now, there are four reasons why people should care. Number one, God loves them. They're human beings, but for the grace of God, there goes I, yeah. right? But if that doesn't appeal to you, <laughs> here are the other three that I tell people. Number two, those people are going to get out of prison and they're coming to a neighborhood near you. Yes, they are. You want them not just surviving, you want them thriving. You want them prospering. You want them to have a good family life. You want them to fully integrate, right? So that's number two. Number three, it costs a lot of money to keep putting people in prison over and over and over, right? Uh, and, and number four, we've got tons of jobs that yeah. we can't fill. And you know, when, I, when I've been to the prison down there at Wrightsville, I've been down there about three times and worshiped with the prisoners and talked with them. One occasion I shook every hand Every participant, I think it was about 200 people. And I was talking to one guy. I said, what, 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 do you, what did you do? Not in terms of your crime, yeah. but what was your career? He said, I was a computer specialist in the Air Force. Wow. And I said, we need you. Yeah. We don't have enough STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. We don't have enough STEM workers. We need you out there, integrated in society, working a job. So let's get you... Let's get you what you need in terms of addiction uh, programs, in terms of dealing with anger, helping people with interview skills, all that so that you can go out and prosper. So we need to do this on a bigger scale in every state because those folks that are in there, not all of them, but most of them are getting out. Yep. And we need them rowing in the same direction as everybody else. That's a conservative argument. And in this case, there are no government funds. And that makes a whole lot more sense than paying an extraordinary amount of the money to keep people in. And when they do get out, all they know how to do is commit crime. That's right. What a great idea. And I love the fact that you're not doing it because uh, you have to. You're doing it because you want to as a Christian believer yourself. Our thanks to Tim Griffin, Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas, for being here tonight. Now, for our audience, here's how you can keep up with Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin in real time on Twitter at LTGovTimGriffin. I hope you'll do that. Learn more about Pathway to Freedom. Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us what we have coming up that you'll want to keep up with as well. Well, next, stand-up comedy laughs with Lee Harden and R&B Supergroup Radio. It's only on Huckabee. Secretary Sean Spicer and the Kentucky Headhunters. Welcome back. Now, Lee Hardin is based out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, but he performs all over the country. He has a very funny dry bar comedy special called Not Quite a Grown Up. Would you please welcome the very funny Lee Hardin?
awesome. Thank you, guys. Wow. I think that's my time. That was it. That was uh, <laughs> No, this is awesome. Thanks for being here. This is so good to be here. This is good to be out, right? This is really good to be out. Love that. Love that. I still see some people wearing masks. That's fine. Got to be safe. Totally get that. But some people think the masks work uh, too good. Like uh, I was in, uh, had a show in Indiana, and I'm at the venue. A guy drives by on a motorcycle, no helmet, had a mask. I guess if he dies in a crash, you can't count it as COVID. I think that's how that works. <laughs> Last year was crazy, though. I had to get a job. Comedy went out the window. I had to get real jobs. One of my jobs, I got to uh, hang out in my town, hometown Murfreesboro, coaching Little League Baseball. They put me with Coach's Pitch. Coach's Pitch is one step above T-ball, working with six-year-olds. On the first day, they were like, hey, Mr. Harden, we are short-staffed, so we're going to have you pitch to both teams. And I was in the zone. Those kids couldn't hit a thing off me. No hits, nobody on base, definitely no home runs. I never played that good at six. I'm killing it as a 35-year-old. Yeah, I've, got, I've got coaches and parents coming up to me. I'm getting mound visits and coaches pitch. They're like, Mr. Harden, this is coaches pitch. You're supposed to go soft and underhand so kids can get a hit. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm leading the league in strikeouts. <laughs> and I'm not a smart guy is what I'm trying to tell you. Um, I'm not. I, I blame that on reading. I didn't read a lot growing up, so... Didn't read Harry Potter. I know nothing about Harry Potter. Wish I did. All my friends read it. They love talking about it. I can't add to the conversation. I'm clueless. They're all hanging out like, oh, I love Harry Potter. Yeah, me too. Oh, uh, yeah, what house are you? Oh, I'm a Slytherin. What, what house are you? Oh, I'm, I'm a Gryffindor. <laughs> Lee, what, what house are you? I'm like, uh, Waffle. Uh, they have hats too, man. It's pretty cool. See, I grew up a church kid. When Harry Potter got huge, we couldn't read Harry Potter. The book got huge. Every pastor, youth pastor was like, you can't read Harry Potter. That's the devil. I'm looking at the book cover. I'm like, so this 10-year-old wimpy British kid with glasses, that's the devil. I could take him. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be afraid of the devil if he's British Urkel. I'm good. Growing up a church kid was fun, though. Um, but growing up a church kid, you got parents, godly parents are either going to spank or not spank you. My parents decided to not spank. They decided to be proactive. They would read to me at night. They would read to me stories from the Bible, mainly just a story where God told Abraham to kill his kid. You behave, but you never sleep, ever. Uh, and you guys are a fun crowd. You don't, you don't always get fun crowds in comedy. Um, my first road gig ever as a comedian, I'm six months in. I know nothing about what I'm doing. 
Guy emails me, I say yes. I know nothing except the address. The address is 10 hours from my house. I get there, the gig is outside, on a farm. The crowd, prisoners. I'm too new at comedy. I don't know how to talk to prisoners. Like, hey, what brought you here? I can't, like. The guy that books me is excited. He comes up. He's like, hey, thanks for coming. I know this isn't your ideal crowd, but you never know who's going to be here. That's what I'm afraid of. These prisoners didn't know they were getting a comedian either. They just threw me on stage. Here's Lee Harden. I'm up there telling jokes. They don't know I'm telling jokes. They're looking at me like I'm the worst motivational speaker ever. So I bomb for 30 minutes. I'm ready to quit comedy at this point, and I'm getting paid, which is nice. So the guy pays me, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I know that was rough, but you were a lot better than what we had last year. Like, what did you have last year? It's like, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, he thought he was being nice, telling me I'm better than nothing. Uh, And I thought these prisoners hated me because not one reaction the whole time I'm on stage. But afterwards, they all came up. They were really nice. I had these shirts I was selling. These prisoners bought all of my shirts, which was really cool. Except now I have these cigarettes I don't know what to do with. So I'm selling cigarettes after the show, guys. Hey, my name's Lee Harden. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Lee, great having you Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Love your bit. Thank you. By the way, you can stream Lee Harden's special, Not Quite a Grown-Up. You can get it for free at drybarcomedy.com. Also, follow him on social media. I'll tell you who is all grown-up. Our announcer, Keith Bilber, is. He's very excited for what we've got after the break. Why don't you tell us why, Keith? Well, coming up, we have classic pop, funk, and R&B hitmakers radio right here on Huckabee. I've really been looking forward to this uh, particular segment on their show ever since I found out these guys were going to be here. 1970s and 80s R&B supergroup Radio charted over 20 hit songs, including You Can't Change That, Jack and Jill, For Those Who Like to Groove, and A Woman Needs Love, just like you do. Would you please welcome Arnell Carmichael and Giovanni Rogers of Radio. Radio got its start all the way back in 1977. Uh, Ray Parker Jr. was one of the folks that helped create this uh, band. And it took off. I mean, it was a big deal, and you guys had lots of hits. But your music kind of crossed over a lot of genres. It wasn't just real, uh, what I'd call, strict R&B. What was the secret of that, Arnell? You know, I got to be honest and give credit where credit is due. Ray Parker was a very wonderful producer and songwriter. Hmm. And getting that respect out of the Hollywood community or the California community just took it through the roof. Hmm. And, and the magic was the fact that we would continue to work, 
We always loved what we were doing, you know, and then he owned the studio, so. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sure helps that, to get the that helps what you want, it. doesn't it? Yeah, it helps get it done. Jill, tell me about, I, I know you are a, a more recent addition to radio. What attracted you to want to be part of this legacy uh, group that has continued to tour and have hits? Well, you know, um, my, my father, actually. My father um, is a guitar player. Uh, he was a session musician around the uh, city, um, playing with groups like the Dramatics and uh, the uh, Floaters. And um, we used to listen to the radio stuff all the time. Obviously, Ray Parker Jr., sure. right? So when Arnell decided to put things back together and put the, uh, the audition information out there, I was stoked to be able to come and work out, and I was even more stoked to be able to uh, have made the group. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now, you guys had a lot of hits, but Arnell, I, I doubt there's any hit that you ever had that catapulted the band to what I would call immortality in music. Wow, yeah. Like the theme to Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Did you think it was going to be that big? No, I... You know, thank you, too. Thank you. The story that I mentioned to you earlier, um, we were in Japan. Yeah. Now, this is like now 15 years later after the songs came out. And we were backstage, and we both said, did you ever think that it would do this? Yeah. And we both said, no. It's a lottery ticket like Race talks about all the time. It, you never want to give it up. <laughs> you win it, and, and you just keep moving on. So it's just something that's amazing because I actually sang on the background, did some like duets on the record, and I would have never thought I'd be sitting here with this wonderful audience talking to you, but Ghostbusters is the real deal. <laughs> it did all of this, so yeah. So when you hear it, does your brain go cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching? <laughs> yeah, I still get checks yeah. to this day. So. There you go, brother. I mean, that, but, yeah, I but it's, it's because it's such a feel-good song. The movie right. was just fun. It was at a time when movies were an escape. Mm -hmm. People got to go and they enjoyed it. It wasn't so deep and depressing. Right, that's true. Yeah. I wish we had more movies like that. Yeah. I really oh, do. Yeah. What's, what's ahead for you guys? Are you still touring? We're just doing a lot of tour dates. There will be new music uh, yep. coming from our, our camp, and we're just enjoying it and loving it every, every chance we get. Do either of you have a favorite of the songs that you do that you just love to make sure it's always on the set list? Arnell, what's no, your you favorite? What's your favorite, Arnell? <laughs> I love them all, okay? <laughs> great catalog. I love performing these songs. So mm. all of them are great for me. That was a great answer, because that way he doesn't offend anybody <laughs> of any of those songs. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you guys here. I want our audience to get more of your music. Most of you probably have the Ghostbusters theme, I would guess, on your iTunes. I can't imagine that you don't. Keith is going to tell the folks at home exactly how they can get more of the music of radio. All right. You can get all radio's hit-making music everywhere music is sold and streamed. For concert information, follow at The Original Radio on social media. And keep an eye on Huckabee.tv for a digital exclusive performance of Ghostbusters. We have a very special treat for you with that performance. You're going to want to see it. Now, here to perform with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on Bass is Radio! Love you. 
promise to always love you Cause I think the whole world does And you can't change that No, no No matter what you do or say I thought about this for many a day And my mind's made up to feel this way And you can't change that telephone number you can change your address too but you can't stop me from loving you no you can't change that no no you can change the color of your hair you can change the clothes you wear but you never change the way i can no you can't change that Change that. 